0: Two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. Put we'll do you think that Join me, huh? We'll have some fun when the clock strikes. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. We're gonna rock, rock, rock. No, for right daylight. We're gonna rock, gonna rock, gonna rock, From high above 107 Columbia Street in the heart of the NIPTE Radio Recording Studios, safe from the cold and blustery winds that are Albany in December, welcome to this week's edition of the Nifty practice tips. Today's edition is also the final one for 2018. Today we will be discussing seven bits of business that are really astonishing, amazing, and astounding, but may at times be overlooked. So let's get started. If you fail to serve 71030 1A notice in a timely fashion, you may still be able to introduce the defendant's statement at trial. If you do not serve 71030 1A notice of a defendant's statement to law enforcement personnel within 15 days of the arraignment on an indictment, you will most likely be precluded from introducing it on your direct case at trial. However, if the defendant presents evidence at trial that is inconsistent with that statement, You are permitted to serve 71031A notice after the testimony is presented, whether by the defendant or by another witness. The reason for this exception is that the statement only became probative after the conflicting evidence is presented by the defense. It became an admission, an out-of-court statement by the defendant, which is inconsistent with his or her position at trial. When you serve the notice, the defense will have the opportunity to move for a Huntley hearing, which will be required to be held before the statement is introduced as rebuttal evidence. The statement could, without the hearing or notice, be used to impeach the defendant if he or she testified to the new version of events, as long as you inform the defense of its existence as part of your discovery practice. Number two, Acting in concert, accessorial liability is not an element of any crime to which it is attached pursuant to Penal Law Article 20. Therefore, failure to include it in the language of the indictment or to vote it in the grand jury is not a defect in the indictment nor in the presentation requiring a re-presentation if you wish to introduce evidence of accessorial liability. If you do not include the language within the body of the indictment, this is not an error that requires representation. You are permitted to inform the defense of your intent to present such evidence by the use of your voluntary discovery disclosure or in response to defense discovery motions. The only basis for preclusion of such evidence at trial will be if you fail to inform the defense in a timely fashion and As a result, the defense is unable to effectively defend the case or to prepare to defend the case due to this late surprise information. And therefore, be sure, even if you do not include it within the presentation, that you timely serve the defense with discovery information of your intention. Number three, a defendant may be charged with acting in concert when committing a reckless or negligent crime. Now, think of this. The basis for the rule that prohibits prosecution for attempting to commit a reckless or negligent crime is that the result of a reckless or negligent crime is not intended. Therefore, a person cannot attempt to bring about an unintended result. However, when it comes to acting in concert, all the acts done during the commission of a negligent or reckless crime, which brings about the unintended result, are usually acts intended by the person committing them. Therefore, someone can be acting in concert in performing those intentional acts and have the same culpable mental state as the primary actor required to be convicted of a reckless or negligent crime. That is, having a conscious disregard to the risks involved in doing those acts, reckless crimes, or failing to perceive these risks a negligent crime, depending upon which one you are charging. Number four, in calculating speedy trial time attributable to the people, if the defendant withdraws a plea or there is a mistrial declared as early as during jury selection, the calculation of the amount of speedy trial time that is charged to the people is reset to zero and the counting begins anew. In addition, If the defense attorney fails to file a speedy trial motion before the trial, he or she can no longer do it after the trial is commenced or after a verdict. Number five, when a judge is determining which lesser included offenses should be submitted to the jury, it is irrelevant that the charge was or was not in the indictment. This has no effect whatsoever or should not on the judge's decision to submit the lesser included offenses. The rule for determining when a lesser included offense should be submitted to a jury is whether there is a reasonable view of the evidence that would support a conviction for the lesser crime, but not the greater. Fact that you have included the lesser crime in the indictment does not mean the court is required to submit that crime to the jury, as some defense attorneys will argue to the court. This is simply not the rule. Number six, when a defendant is indicted for multiple cases in a single indictment for reasons other than that they are the same or similar crimes, the court lacks statutory authority to sever. Important rule to remember, This rule is distinct from those applying when you move to consolidate a defendant's multiple indictments into a single indictment. For this reason, it is to your advantage to indict a defendant for multiple crimes that are joinable for reasons other than just being the same or similar crimes because at that point, the judge no longer has authority to sever those counts from each other. And finally, lucky number seven. At trial, the door can be opened by the defense to previously precluded evidence even during the defense summation. And more importantly, perhaps, when this occurs, it is not considered automatically to be ineffective assistance of counsel. There are a number of cases when the defense attorney's argument was a strategic move that he or she believed the court would not perceive. As we did in the previous snippy practice tip, we have omitted from our presentation the case law and statutory authority for the positions we presented to you. However, if you go to the written version of this Nifty Practice Tip in the PE, you will find all of the authority you need for these positions. Today is the final presentation for 2018 and the 92nd edition of our Nifty Practice Tips. We thank all of you for your suggestions and the occasional errors that you have found that have helped to make these presentations, we certainly hope, better and more useful to you as they continue to be produced. Our thanks, of course, to our crack producer and man soon to be on vacation, Jonathan Marconi Crispino. You do a great job, buddy, and we all really appreciate it very, very much. All of you out there, we hope you have a great remainder of your holiday season, and that 2019 will bring you nothing but good luck and good cheer. From all of us here with the nipty practice tips, thank you, be well, and stay ready, my friends. Coach Coach